a long time ago on a comics page far, far away. Greetings and welcome to May the Panel Be With You, the Star Wars comic book show brought to you by the Punch-Up Entertainment Network. I am your humble host, Mike Argoni, and joining me, as always, the weird horny panther to my meditation pool, it's John Campbell. Oh, it is the horniest of panthers in this. Carmine Infantino can't not draw horns on things. It is always just like, yeah, right off the bat, it's like Infantino's just like, how do I make it alien? Put a little horn in there. There we go. Sometimes it's a nose. Sometimes it's on their forehead. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just smack dab on the head of a panther. It's just that's to him reads as alien. I don't have a horn, he says. So, you know. (laughs) He believes that rhinoceroses are from space. Prove him wrong. Prove him wrong. Prove him wrong. (laughs) Oh, yes. Uh, We're back into the most extreme diplomacy of Star Wars. (laughs) God, if Star Wars loves anything, it's a fucking peace treaty. Look, sometimes the trade negotiations are short. Sometimes <laughs> they drag on for five issues. I was going to say, it's, you know, reading the reading this issue, it is like, uh, uh, boy, uh, people got mad at the prequels. Well, there was precedent for this shit, though. <laughs> We're not in a galactic senate, but we might as well be. Good lord. Yeah, look, we are... Uh, Jumping back in to our uh, frantic coverage before the release of Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. Uh, They desperately uh, tread water. As they desperately tread water. Though, to be fair, uh, the issue we're covering today, issue number 36 of the 1977 run of Star Wars by Marvel Comics Group, uh, was published June of 1980. So, like, this is the issue that's dropping... As Empire Strikes Back is coming out. People are coming out of the theater, over to their newsstands, and buying this, and going, I want more... Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. Hey, man, Star Wars fans, you can count on one thing. We will be disappointed. Look, they could have gotten the junior novelization that was out before the film was released. So, like, that was available. I mean, we're we're definitely seeing in in this as we sort of... Because some of this is also just charting Star Wars as a franchise, right, on this podcast. Sure. But through the tie-in media, which is this comic book. But no question, they're ready to go now with merch and tie-in stuff. They got... they, they, They were surprised by the reaction to the first movie. And couldn't get that stuff out fast enough. Empire, they've been rolling that stuff out right there when the movie comes out. They were ready to go. Kenner was ready to print money in the year 1980. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, this time they were more than ready for it. Um, Mm -hmm. They weren't going to get caught again like that. So... You open your Millennium Falcon collector's case and you jam as many figures in there (laughs) as you possibly can. Well, I mean, this is, of course, the famous... um, uh, Boba Fett toy with the the rocket launcher on it, right, and stuff like that. That mm-hmm. was that, that came out even before the movie. Um, wow, this was starting the era where the figures come out before the movie. And let's not even start on the number of ATAT ripoffs that would appear in the toy market mm-hmm. in the coming year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lord knows, I owned my. We have an all-terrain assault vehicle at home. <laughs> 
uh, <laughs> was just like just close enough that my yeah. tiny brain didn't know the difference. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had some of those some of those spaceship esque things too, where you're like, this <laughs> looks enough like Star Wars, I suppose. Space battles. It is Z Wing. It is one better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, instead, uh, what's the Seinfeld joke? I didn't have a G.I. Joe, I had an army Pete. <laughs> uh, well, let's dive in here. Issue 36. Well, this promises high adventure and action as Luke uh, does yeah. the Pink Panther. Horny Pink Panther. So, Horny Pink, Pink Panther. Panther. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think, yeah. No reason to <laughs> you're gunny. Uh, yeah, whoops, tautology. Um, so this has the basically the same creative team as we've had before. We got Archie Goodwin on writing. We got Carmine Infantino on pencils. Gene Day on inks. Pet uh, Petra Goldberg on colors, and John Costanza on letters. And Indeed. oh, what letters they shall be! Oh, all the best letters. Let's start we'll... with this Pink Panther here. Yeah. Uh, what <laughs> is up with its paws? <laughs> you mean how it has? Uh, on one hand, it has human fingers, and then the other, just a big maw with claws on it. Well, look, I assume that it's wearing mittens, skin-tight mittens that those claws are sort of poking through. Well, it's it's cold out there on this planet, right? I mean, it's it, true. It, yeah, <laughs> it's got to be a lot colder when it uh, meets the grim embrace of death at the hands of Luke Skywalker. But good lord, yeah, Luke Skywalker's like you're gonna fucking die, Pink Panther. All right, but this time the force is against Luke because Red Queen rising. Now, who is the Red Queen in this scenario? Well, they're trying to tell us that that's Tag, right? Um, uh, Domina? Domina, yeah. Well, they, okay. they don't ever use that term in the comic. That's why I got confused. Because, yeah. like, they seem to just go, she has red hair, place of leadership, we'll call her the Red Queen. On this cover specifically. I, you know, I, and I know this was kind of the case at the time to some extent, but like the people making the covers feel like they're not talking to the people making the covers. <laughs> I mean, like, just like, but like Infantino's drawing a lot of these covers is what gets me. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. Yeah, but the, the, but off- obviously he has no, like he's not in charge of the lettering that goes in the front of these covers. Right, right. Yeah. It's like, uh, they're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Red Queen. What's well, not in there? Yeah, sure. Whatever. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> so this is uh, pro- probably all uh, John Costanza doing some of them letters. Yeah, again. and I'm going to somehow blame Jim Shooter. Because, <laughs> yes, lest we forget, he is the uh, credited as the consulting editor on this book, but mm-hmm. uh, he, his iron fist slowly closes over Marvel. Yeah, well, I'm, once again, I, I'd assume this is entirely him. Uh- <laughs> but... Leastways, the Millennium Falcon floats in the wide orbit around the ringed world called Monastery. Man, Goodwin has decided to get very verbose in these uh, in these issues uh, on uh, on on Monastery here. Yeah, I mean, look, we've got a couple of trends that keep going that are just classic this book. We've got way too wordy uh, captioning at times. We've got a whole mess of Luke talking to himself. Yeah, and And we've got some expressions on Leia's face that are uh, downright disturbing, and we'll get to those. Um, Well, here I also want to talk about uh, some. You know, there's nothing wrong with the 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 actual designs of the Falcon or the Star Destroyer to me, except for 
the way that they're the falcon on top of it bleeds into it because they're the same color and somewhat grid design. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just this looks weird to me. This first page. Well, it's the problem this book has had a lot, and that's something I think Infantino struggles with as an artist, and that's capturing scale yes. of like large industrial things. Yes, he's he's fine <laughs> with like people, at least yeah. in terms of like basic people shapes. Yes, in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's fine with people in terms of their basic shape. Yeah, uh, that's, that's as as complimentary as I would get as well. Um, but and this is like some of the most detail we've seen him put into the well, Falcon that's and the, a Star Destroyer. That's the thing where I'm like I'm hesitant to go because I'm going like he's actually fixing a lot of my issues with them, but he's creating new problems. Because yeah, the way that these are the Falcons, like I, I think he's trying to give some kind of force perspective, like the Falcon is closer to us. Yeah, the problem is is that the way the the technique that's used, and this might be some of the coloring here. So I don't know how much of this is Gene Day on the inks or uh, Petra Goldberg on the colors. Oh hell, but they're it, all it, they're all doing a bad job, right? <laughs> Again, I don't know if it's necessarily a bad job, but it creates this sense that there's a shadow being cast over the Star Destroyer. Yeah, that makes the Force perspective that we have here make it seem like. Uh, the Falcon is like only a third of the size of the Star Destroyer when right. in like actual scale. We'll see it later when the Star Destroyer grabs the Falcon in a tractor beam. The Falcon is much, much smaller of a ship. That's always the way that it's drawn, right? The Empire is always yeah. this imposing thing. It's all about these. We have these this fleet of gigantic ships that then go to our Death Star. You know, I mean, it's like that. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is, is it's always overwhelming force of the Empire that you should feel oppressed by this. I mean, you think about the very first shot of Star Wars, right? Is we've talked about how huge before, yeah. this thing is. Yeah, the uh, first impression that Star Wars, the first movie, makes is one of scale. Yes. And so, and so not nailing that can be a bit of a stumbling block for yeah, people trying to capture the Star Wars. I was being hyperbolic earlier, but there is a lack of attention to detail that can annoy yeah. me in this book uh, yeah. on some stuff. Uh, but like weirdly, the Star Destroyer is actually super detailed here. Yeah. But speaking of annoyed, uh, we, we've got uh, some Imperials hailing the Falcon yep. and Han in his usual uh, droll self. Uh, it makes it pretty clear that, like, yeah, yeah, we know the Empire's there. And on the next page, we have him talking to Leia and saying, yeah, I know. That doesn't mean I have to be happy about it. Our only hope now is that they buy our cover story. The it's, it, And uh, 3PO's nipple. Uh, oh, boy, yeah. These back. things are back. Um, but uh, this is an interesting thing. I really is paying attention to this in this issue. Archie Goodwin understands the tone of Han Solo. But is makes real weird choices about some of the words he uses. Yeah, and I think that's just a comic book writing thing, right? Yeah. Like, there's a certain style that you'll see writers, especially in the 70s and 80s, yes. fall into. Where their characters will always sound like them, the writer. Mm. Oh, to- well, you for sure see this with Stan Lee, right? Yeah. And then Roy Thomas writing as Stanley, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, you absolutely get that sense. Like, kind of when I read old Spider-Man, he sounds like Stanley in my head to some extent. It's what set writers like Claremont apart in some ways, yeah. uh, because he was able to get like distinguished 
character voices. I think Louise Simonson is probably like the first I can point to of just like, she's the one who did a fantastic job of giving, especially the original five X-Men in her X-Factor run, yeah. like really distinct voices. Whereas like in the old Stan Lee X-Men where it's still those same five, it's like uh, four teenage boys and the girl. Yeah. If only Jean knew how I felt about her. They literally oh. all thought that, yes. Yeah, yeah including <laughs> Professor X. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, no, I think that's right. I, this is a weird moment that Star Wars comes along in comics because I feel like we're kind of shifting into the next generation of comics. Guys like Claremont and Miller and stuff like this and Byrne mm-hmm. are starting Walt to Simonson, come in. Louis Simonson. Yeah, yeah. The, both the Simonsons, yeah. Uh, bringing in a little bit more care in the writing, maybe is what I should say. Because um, this is still in that pulpy... Some of what you're describing, too, is sort of that pulpy, like, it's a comic book, see? You know, yeah. sort of thing, where it's just like, nobody talks like this uh, in real life. I mean, right here, Han calls 3PO bronze britches, which is like a perfect example of, like, that is the tone of something Han Solo would say, but you can't imagine him saying that. Well, and here's the weird part is that like, okay, you can can't imagine him saying bronze britches, but I believe he does call 3PO goldenrod several times over the course of the movies. That's what I'm talking about, where it's like he's he's on to the 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 type of character that Han is. Mm-hmm. But he's doing weird like well also you just can't imagine anyone using the word britches in Star Wars, period, regardless of who. Like there's Seems just, strange, yeah. Yeah, there's 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 a lot of that kind of stuff in here and, and throughout. Now, if he called him tin trousers, <laughs> the other thing is he calls the same. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Um, but the thing, the other thing about it is, it's also just like that's the only note Han's dialogue strikes. Mm-hmm. Look at how many times he calls Leia worshipfulness or something like that, and it's like your royalness. Does, yeah, yeah, he does that in the movie, but here he does it almost every line he says to her. It becomes more of a catchphrase as opposed to a, a character affectation. Right. And it's just sort of like, well, that's... And, and, and it's almost like Goodwin going like, watch just how Han Solo talks. That's how you know it's a Han Solo line as he says this snark to it. But you're like, well, yeah, I mean... He's not wrong because if I didn't know it was Han Solo talking, when we cut to this wide shot in the bottom well, left panel, we this, wouldn't know who was speaking. This also does... Yeah, there is stuff like that where it's like, that's... Yeah, I, you know I hate that. How much of this is... Just captions with spaceships. Um, that is something. I, I, another thing, looking at the difference in older and newer comics, is it's much clearer who's talking now. Sometimes when I go back to old comics, it takes me a second because they were once again. There's a little bit less care in that word bubble placement. Mm-hmm. Anyway, oh, there's a whole artistry to lettering and word bubble placement that has evolved, yeah. and we're kind of at this midway point where we're moving from this like placing it on the page during the editorial process to become to it becoming a uh, a digital process in this yeah, era. Yes. And also people having seen decades of comics, right? And and seen yeah. what works and what doesn't is a big thing too. Um I want to talk about this massive jaw on 3PO uh, in this uh panel on the right there. Well, that's just to match uh Solo's caveman face in the background. <laughs> He he's, he quickly becomes a simian for one panel, <laughs> and three of you just has this massive like, Grr. 
Yeah, he he's Mastercom is kind of coming through a little bit. It turns out when you tweak a dwarf's nipples enough, they just eventually become Mastercom. Sooner or later, you get tweaked enough, you become Mastercom, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm, that's right. Uh, <laughs> but there, our old friend Captain Wormus is saying that they're going to board. That they pulled the Millennium Falcon in by tractor beam, and they're about to be boarded. Yeah, I and they've shoved Leia down into one of the the smuggling cargo containers. Uh, we we've seen those before in A New Hope. In fact, never thought yeah. he'd be smuggling himself. Uh, yes, though they're they're uh, they're drawn differently here. And and it, I have well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it when we get to it. But like they Car- reference that, like you'll see. Carmine Infantino has no interest in learning the interiority of the Millennium oh. Falcon, and that's fine. Except when the book is like, you should know this. You saw the movie. But we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, we'll get we'll there. Get there. Uh, um, so the incredibly buff stormtrooper in the foreground of this next page is what I want to talk about. Barely contained by his armor. Oh, I've been hitting the gym, baby. I'm getting small <laughs> for the emperor. Oh yeah. I mean, look, look but, but also, I need a uh, I need a quadruple X breastplate, but that doesn't mean I'm seven feet tall. It's it's yeah. a weird sizing issue with the armor. I gotta have this stuff specially made. Um, <laughs> Stormtroopers, <laughs> big and tall. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, but we continue to see the strangest handling of guns as drawn by Carfine Infantino. What is that? What is the way that? What is he pointing that at? How is he holding it? What is he he's holding? Just, he's he's checking it. He's not pointing at anything. He's like looking down the sights, going like, "Is this is this thing on? Yeah, this up to my specifications." I do love Wormus at the top of this page being like, "Any resistance will prove fatal." He's just straight up being like, "Look, don't fuck around, or we'll kill you." Yeah, because look, I don't think there's a lot of uh, intense investigations into uh, shootings with the Empire, right? No, and that's the thing, right? Like, there's always this vague sense of the Imperial bureaucracy, and we've seen it in greater and lesser detail, depending on which book or movie you're watching. Like, in the show Andor, we get a hard look at some of, like, the real banal evil of the Imperial bureaucracy. And whereas in... Yeah, in this book, it's way more just like, but what if traffic cops could just kill you if they wanted? Not to say that traffic cops can't just kill people, because as the last five years have proven, they can a lot of the time. And but, frequently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, and that, that's the thing about it, too. And a guy like Worm, I actually like the character of Wormans as presented here, because he's a total weasel guy who only has power because he's a toady of the Empire, right? Uh, specifically Vader, yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing too, right? Where it's sort of it's just like he can be a tough guy to Han Solo because in any other scenario, Han Solo would kill him. But in this, it's just like I have bureaucracy behind me. Because <laughs> yeah, Solo rolls out and it's like, look, we may lack the old Imperial spit and polish, but we're clean. As he has like a literal paper that he hands over as like he his hands papers, over his actual papers. Um, which, which is you would end. think in Star Wars they wouldn't have like license and registration they need to pull out of a glove box. I was gonna say, how often do you see papers in Star Wars? If you do, it's more like old Jedi texts, right? Or like flimsy plasts of like reports that look like they've been printed onto plastic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't. It's, it's so weird to see Han waving physical documents like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted him to pull out his wallet here and, and pull out, you know, <laughs> and just 
Chewy, oh, show me your ID. <laughs> would you look at that? It expired last year. Well, I'm sorry. I'll get this updated right away, officer. <laughs> I do like this guy, though, going like, I don't give a shit about your paper. We know you're Han Solo and this is the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> Which I do like the acknowledgement of that. It's like, yeah, everybody's been talking about this guy and his ship for the last several issues. Specifically, Lord Vader's like, this is the asshole that shot me at the Death yeah. Star. Yeah. <laughs> You're trying, and also they go like, and we also know you literally always have Princess Leia on this ship. <laughs> Why, if they know all of this, did they not just shoot Han out of the sky? I know it, it is insane. Well, that's the kind of the thing that's always weird in the bureaucracy of the Empire, right? Is like we have all these rules and regulations that we follow sometimes, but other times we also just murder people. And I mean, how they pick and choose when to do those. Let's be honest, it's when they can get away with it, right? Yeah. And there's not a lot of witnesses. Like, they're not going to be torturing people with weird child screaming recordings unless they can do it in the back room of a hotel where Ooh. nobody is allowed in. Oh, boy. Good Lord. That's one of the harshest things I've ever seen in Star Wars. Yeah, no, it's rough. And then I love, but I love that then, then this is, a I actually really like this whole bit because this is classic uh empire superiority matched with their actual stupidity as well because they're like we know all your smuggling tricks pal and then his smuggling tricks fool them yeah uh including your hiding places on the next page uh so we know that they're going into the smuggling pit Uh oh leia's down there yeah. cut to the green lush drungle world of monastery god this is the worst of the the luke skywalker section of the storyline i hate we lauded the fact that Luke is back in his yellow jacket because the yellow jacket rules. Yellow jacket does rule. What I didn't quite realize until this issue is that beneath that yellow jacket, I believe in the more recent like Jason Aaron stuff, he's got the yellow jacket, an undershirt, and like a separate pair of pants. Yeah. I mean, he basically this, has what he's wearing in that medal ceremony, right? Yeah. This book... Yeah. And starting here is where I noticed it. Oh, yeah. There is a different undergarment that was very distracting for me. And you mentioned, like, Buck Rogers' ass, like, space yeah. opera stuff. And this very much speaks to that. Luke is wearing a black V-necked unitard underneath his yellow jacket. Yeah. He and stole it'll become more clear as the issue goes on. I was going to say, he seems to have stolen T'Challa's outfit and then made some modifications. I was going to say Zod, but yeah, that works yeah. too. It's very Zod. He's got that deep V. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's more of Luke just talking to himself. I mean, ostensibly he's talking to R2. Yeah. But it's mostly just to catch us up on well, what's going honest, on here. R2's not listening. <laughs> yeah. In fact, R2 even good. goes as far as to say, like, I've got all of this figured out. All you need to do there is stand and look pretty. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, he's walking around and he's going, I just, I just don't know about this. Once again, he's, he's, he's recapping the book. He's saying like, I'm here on monastery to try to sway this religious order. The, uh, the order of the circle of, or the natural, what is it? The order of the circle of life. Is that yeah, what it's called? Circle of life. Cause later yeah, there's a whole thing about that. Yeah. Um, no, they, 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 they worship the lion King. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, Ooh, he's a lion. Look, it's a lion. <laughs> um, so yeah, but he's yeah, he's recapping the book, but also with all the talking on his own, we've really returned to the whiny Luke people make fun of, right? Because he's just like, yeah. I don't know if I'm a good enough diplomat. And 
He's not. It's insane that they sent him. Once again, we talked about this already. Yeah, he says, but it's me I'm worried about. Being in the way over my head playing diplomat, especially since the Imperial representative here is Darth Vader. But still, Sister Domina of the Order thought my lack of experience might be a virtue. Figured sincerity would count more with the elders than, wait, what's that ahead of us? (laughs) Why, it is, Sister Domina. Um, And now a very blue panther. Yeah, there is some coloring Mm-hmm. Uh, miscommunication, I feel like, between the cover and what's actually in the interior here. Because, yeah, this is just straight up a horny panther. This is a horny panther that is... Uh, but and, and once again, talk about buff. Look at the muscles on this thing. Yeah, I mean, something we've always criticized Infantino about is, like, all of his animals have, like, people features that are, yeah. like, just slightly off. His, uh, his animaton- or, um, anatomical... <laughs> rendering are yeah. one of his biggest problems as an artist. We've talked about this. He has sort of stock bodies and he gloms those stock human bodies onto animals as well. Yeah. We saw that with like some of his flying creatures that just had straight up people faces. Oh God. Uh, some of the most, I think unintentionally unsettling stuff. In there. <laughs> really? yeah, and this Panther has like dude arms. A hundred percent. Look at those <laughs> shoulders. Um, yeah. Just the shoulders and the bicep and like the triceps going down the forearm. Yeah. He's been it's... working out with that stormtrooper from earlier. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But it's... it is a glade. We see Sister Domina. She's sitting there meditating. Certainly the world and the forest appear closed from her thoughts. And then we turn to the next page where she would be aware that death slowly, stealthily creeps toward her. And here comes this thing with a coughing snarl. Interesting description. The the panther as it's presented in these like top three panels looks like a beast out of heraldry, if that makes any oh, sense. Yeah, no, definitely. It looks like the type of cat you would see like in weird half pictogram on like an English flag. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely it has that vibe to it. Um yeah, this is uh Richard the Lionheart kind of stuff, right? Like uh, <laughs> And but okay. speaking of, but speaking of another uh, royal British person, Prince Valiant leaps into the fray here, <laughs> based on this flowing mane of hair from Luke. Yeah, we get a nice butt shot on Luke too as he's flying in and grabbing the th- cat by the scruff of the neck. Yes, <laughs> well, that's how you deal with a cat, Gurney. I guess. I but want to talk about the, what the captioning arm. doesn't say that, which is the wild part. No, it doesn't. I want to talk about what his other arm is doing though. It's, it's uh, under him. He's. It's like I would say he's reaching for his lightsaber, but in the bottom right panel, he pulls it out with a different arm—the yeah. arm that grabbed the cat. So I don't right. know. I don't know. It's so weird that the way his arm is going down and under him, like onto his stomach. Also, like the orientation of the leopard and Luke completely changes in the bottom left panel. Oh, so now yeah. Luke's underneath, like uh, facing the, the leopard, the, the leopard's stomach for some reason. It, it's it, clearly upside down in that. Panel. Yeah. It, it appears that he, <laughs> like, once again, try to follow this in action folks. And this is where the gutted, but it appears he hits the, the, the Panther turns it in midair and then takes yeah. the water, which just doesn't seem possible to me. And then there's a scramble, and by the time he's getting up and the Panther's leaping at him, he's got his lightsaber out, and he stabs it. He verams him 
damn good. He varam. He is it a varam or a, a ramp? Because I think it's a U at the top. I think it is. A, it's a yurump. It's a yurump. Yeah, which is that's a fine lightsaber sound. Um, yeah. and so what you we so when we turn the page. Uh, well, I do want to. I, I do want to oh, yeah. touch on the captioning on this bottom left panel yeah. on this page first, though, because I do like this call out of a touch of revulsion sweeps through Luke as they crash into the water. He has learned to swim since leaving his arid home of Tatooine. Okay, when? But anyway, uh, but he, <laughs> it will never seem normal to him. Leia taught him how to swim. Uh, <laughs> yeah, where and when? Uh, I yeah, uh, citation needed on this because I want to see that. Um, but I like this idea that like Luke from a desert planet like would find baths like icky and weird water like, what you, yuck what do you mean you submerse yourself in water how do you get that much water what there there, there is and and like th- these are the things that frustrate me in this book because there are things like that where they're indicating that there is an arc to luke there's a trajectory he's different than where he started but then the way he's written is he's still like, oh, I'm a farm boy. Yeah, well, on this next page, wet and weary, <laughs> Luke turns to find his victory has been witnessed and obviously condemned. And you want to talk about some buns. Check out Luke getting out of the water there. The, the, those pants are clinging. Yeah, absolutely. But everybody's uh, but- with him. He's not the hero we would think he is. Because it turns out that cat was perfectly friendly. It was a saber cat. It was a pet that was harmless and around to roam free. And what Luke interpreted as a a violent action was, in fact, the cat just being friendly. I don't know about that. Let us turn back the time. Let's let's roll back the clock exactly one page, shall we? Mm Mm-hmm. In which the captioning, the third person omniscient narrator yeah. of this book says, or she would be aware that death slowly, stealthily creeps toward her. Yes, yes. See, that's where you... Uh, I, good one! Yeah. I feel like you can't have it both ways, right? You can't have the omniscient narrator say that, oh, in a Claremontian way, this character knows so little about the fate they are about to experience. And then be like, uh, because if you're going to do that, then it has to be Luke thinks this, right? Not, because that's Mm -hmm. the whole thing. But no, it is acting like it is definitive. And then we're supposed to be like, Luke, what's wrong with you? Can't you see? So, but over the course of this page, we find out that Luke is being gaslit here a little bit. Right. And by a little bit, I mean a lot of it. Well, I mean, get get ready for nonstop gaslighting in the storyline. <laughs> yeah, because Domina is like, look, you should just leave. Uh, the elders are going to be upset about this. Just but get out maybe, of here, man. Yeah, just, just get out of here, and I'll try to smooth this over. Yeah. He's lightsabering people's pets. And then he's like, so, I knew I'd screw it up, R2. <laughs> <laughs> Wah. <laughs> and then... <laughs> My new favorite Vader entrance is from behind a shrub. Yes, Luke, I was back here in the bushes the whole time. Luke leaves and it turns out that hiding behind the topiary was Darth Vader. That couldn't have gone better. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Domina says I can almost feel sorry for him. He's so naive and trusting. So we, we've already set up that Domina is, like, working for Vader in the last right. issue. To yeah, some extent. She and she like believes Vader. that Luke Skywalker 
is responsible for the death of her brothers. And that's what we're establishing here, right? Is she does not necessarily like Vader or with the Empire, but her it's a means to an end to get revenge on Luke Skywalker. Um, yeah. And can we talk about um, the doofiest looking Vader in this last panel? Well, I don't know why. I started commenting on it last issue, but like Infantino is drawing Vader's face mask wider and wider every single issue. It is. And it makes him look way less threatening and far more like it's just like this. I'm Darth Vader. Because it's supposed to evoke like a gas mask, right? What? Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, one, once again, hardly a uh, hot take, but it's one of the coolest designs of a character in the history of film. That mask is so meticulously designed, too, right? Like, right. Yeah. No, it is supposed to evoke like late era World War One, like German, like yeah. gas mask, stall helm, kind of like uh, yeah. proto Nazi imagery. It's amazing. It is such an yeah. iconic, instantly recognizable design. He is just making Darth Vader look doofier and doofier. As if he's he giving him a duck bill. It's 100% a duck bill. That's right on. Yeah. We need, uh, <laughs> Howard the Duck is now playing um, Darth Vader. In He's the like, you know that weird like duck uh, selfie face that was like going around the internet for a while. This is Vader doing that. Yeah, was that a camera? <laughs> uh. <laughs> Ooh, catch my good side. Um, behind <laughs> the, the dark side is my good side. Yeah, yeah. Get over here behind these shrubs with me, uh, and we'll get some good light over here. Um, I just it, it, Vader is so weird in this whole storyline to me. This is such a weird Vader plot. Yeah, because the whole thing about this entire plot line, and we'll get into it this issue and next issue, is Vader's like grand machinations through all of this. Because he's clearly manipulating Domina to try yeah. to steer her towards Luke as an act of vengeance for a, something that didn't happen. Because on the next page, we find out that both of Domina's brother, the uh, Erstat's Baron Tag with his cyber vision, yeah. and their scientist brother, Silas, are both still alive, but in a form of stasis aboard the same Star Destroyer that Han has been captured on. Yes. And it's nice to see that one of the Martians from Santa Claus conquers the Martians. That night. <laughs> Immediately what I thought when I turned the what page. What a specific pull. I love that, it. Though, with the antenna and stuff? Come on, man. No, it's perfect. Yeah. If he had green skin and I, I hooked nose, he would be perfect. Rapo. Um... <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, the, oh God, yeah, the, both of the tag brothers are in cryo sleep or life support stasis capsule. or something. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, and I, yeah, once again, you remember all this folks? And then you've, <laughs> you've got some kind of medical officer for the empire here in all white in this goofy ass getup. And he's reading ticker tape. It's all- coming out of a droid. <laughs> yeah, R4 is here for some reason with like yeah. a weird like dangling ticker tape coming out of his head. And that's giving him some kind of readings on the guys and their stasis pods. What? Yeah. So weird. There's been a change in the Baron's condition yeah. and Captain Wormus should be alerted, but Captain Wormus is a little busy dealing with uh, Corellian scruffy nerve herders. Yeah, man. Okay. Yeah. Hey, get, get out of here, Wormus. 
with your empire britches and such. Um, <laughs> uh, Wormus is kind of losing it because he's like, it can't be. Lord Vader was certain that the Alliance uh, would want the princess nearby for the situation on Monastery. And they've got this open uh, smuggling container and like, what's this? There's no princess inside. Looks like Wormus is wrong. Eat it, Empire. Yeah. Yeah, and I do like Han Solo being like, "Hey, pal, everybody makes mistakes. Don't don't take it too hard." That's very in keeping with his character. Uh, don't love the why? weird. They're both like, Ugh. "Why does Han think he can talk his way out of the situation when it's already been expressly stated that they know who he is and Lord Vader's personal grudge against him?" Like who? Because it, it turns around, basically, like it doesn't matter whether we found anything or not. You're obviously going to jail. Yeah, because <laughs> right. on the next page, Wormus is like, the only place you and that mountain of fur are going, Corellian, is to a detention cell. Take them away. Tell oh. the other guards in the bay to get back to their regular duties. Lord Vader will deal with this pair when he returns. Yeah, we might get some of that torturing that we see in Empire Strikes Back. Um, but uh, Chewie reverts back to Sasquatch in that first panel quite a bit. Yeah, a little bit. I, I appreciate that the coloring is still not giving him the ape face, even though Infantino keeps drawing it. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, so, <laughs> Leia, of course, though, is in a false bottom in one of these things. Now, I heard you like smuggling compartments. What if we put a smuggling compartment in that smuggling compartment? <laughs> <laughs> Exhibit shows up. Here's the th <laughs> here's the thing uh, about this that gets me because they go. Um, uh, we hid and we used these secret bins once against the Empire. And then it says, anyone who doesn't remember that scene from the movie, turn in your lightsaber. Except for the way these are drawn are completely different than the bins that are... Because in the movie, they like come out of the floor. These look like they're actual cargo bins. John, I think it has been a well-established fact at this point that while Archie Goodwin may have seen the movie Star Wars yeah. Episode Four: A New Hope. Yeah. Carmine Infantino never has. <laughs> yeah, there, this is a time about that. I just, but it's once again, it's it's fine. Draw it that way, but then to go like, you remember this shit, right? If you don't, did you even see the movie? It's like, yeah, but it didn't look like this in the movie. Also, Leia wasn't in those compartments in the movie. No, she's she's remembering <laughs> something they had to have told her, which is great. Correct. Yeah. Look, she saw the same bootleg video that. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, that Val. Was it Valance? That Valance did. Yeah. Valance. yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, don't worry though. Three PO's still hooked in by the nipples to the Millennium Falcon. So they really do look like nipple clamps in that particular uh, image oh, on the the middle right panel. Like they've got little yeah. clampy bits on the end. No, Princess, this has nothing to do with communication. This is for my own enjoyment. This is all for Three PO. <laughs> Uh, and she's basically just like three uh, PO, uh, and they keep God the amount of times they use laser wavelength. Because don't forget, we're we're you know the laser wavelength down to Luke on the planet. So it's this idea that in order to communicate with Luke, they have to use like a very hyper specific bandwidth of communication. Otherwise, the Empire and the people of Monastery would be able to know that Luke isn't alone. Right, I guess. Yes, but they didn't tell Luke about this, which they, is so funny to me in the next thing. Yeah, okay. We see Luke in his full, like, uh, space opera, Zap Brannigan onesie here. Yeah. <laughs> Gift, take a memo. Um, but uh, not, only, uh, not only is he in this onesie, but Luke has been working out seriously and developed muscles the human body doesn't have. 
Yeah, I don't know what's up with those shoulder muscles. <laughs> There's more muscles in that arm than is in a normal human arm anyway, though. Uh, he, he has a backup bicep that normal people just don't have. <laughs> You're telling me you don't have an extra bicep? Uh, what, yeah. if, what if something it, happens to the first bicep? Uh, that or he has a tourniquet midway down his arm and it's like squeezing it like a corset. I hope that's the case. Um, I don't. He's going to lose an arm. <laughs> uh, that doesn't also, happen until later. Also, I, I think this chair is floating. The floor is really weird in this panel. The one behind R2? Yeah. Based I on think the bed is definitely floating. Yeah. Based on where the shadows are, this room is very weird. Yeah, I don't know. Because otherwise it's like up near the wall. And that in that case, the headrest doesn't make any sense. There's also two separate sources of massive light that are casting shadows in opposite directions. Oh, weird. yeah, weird. There's one behind the bed, there's one behind this plant, and there's one behind R2, and all the shadows are pointing towards each other. Hmm. Yeah, that's weird. This is a weird room, uh, the way it's drawn here. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Leia is now speaking to Luke through R2. Right. Uh, and he is surprised. Because he's Leia? And he goes, what's going Boy, good lord, that Luke Skywalker face when you turn the page on that first panel. Yeesh. Yeah, he looks like Anna Taylor-Joy. <laughs> yeah, his <laughs> eyes are a little too far apart. Look at that. And there's going to be a few people who get that exact same face going forward. Yeah. Mostly it's going to be Leia, but it'll happen to Luke, it'll happen to Han. So Luke says he thought he was alone. Leia says, General Dodonna wanted me to be able to give you advice if the diplomatic situation turned sticky, but we thought if we told you about this, it might inhibit you from acting on your own. That doesn't... I don't... What? We thought if you knew you had a safety net, you'd do something different. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I did, I did just... I don't know. It's just so dumb. Yeah, um, I mean, and then Luke in classic whiny fashion says, I don't know, maybe I could use a little inhibiting. Things oh, have been happening here. I'm really bad at this. Our hero, yeah. gentlemen. Be alert, Luke. I've got to see what I can do for Han and Chewbacca. We're on Lord Vader's cruiser. He's obviously has some scheme to trap us all, but he's closest to you. Maybe the Order of the Sacred Circle can help. Well, then they walk right in, and Luke does this big, exaggerated, Oh, what? <laughs> he does the uh, dramatic hamster turn thing. It's 100% what? that, yeah. It's, it's exactly that. And so here comes uh, uh, Domina with a lizard guy, and yep, another horned alien. Uh, this one is just that same panther, but standing upright. <laughs> Didn't I kill you earlier? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, they're they're moving into their the everyone come to the gathering chamber. Yeah, she's being taken to visit with the the like high council of the Order of the Sacred Circle, uh, so that he might make his case that they will help the rebellion and not the Empire. That's the whole point of the thing here. But unfortunately, Domina has her own schemes and the tag, the captioning says as much when it says Domina tag smiles. It is her first genuine smile since the day her brother visited. They also talked earlier about, we didn't talk about the, the Vader smile behind his mask, which I thought was really um, weird. There's yeah, one like I, behind his breathing mask, Vader smiles. <laughs> gotcha. I 
I love the idea that Vader would have expressions that none of us can see. Oh, I, do I don't too. know it's what just, it is. It's a weird placement, though, of, of that. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. I love the idea of, like, the interiority that still exists of Anakin Skywalker playing out on a face that no one can see. There's like a tragedy to that, that you could never express in anything other than prose. Right. 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 Yeah, exactly. Um, and, but it's just, it, it's, <laughs> it's classic, this comic where it's like, they're onto an interesting idea, but they're not implementing it. Well, yeah. Um, so anyway, we're going in here. Uh, and then God, there is so much, Pros uh, stuff. Yeah. That we get we basically we get the flashback to when Vader came to her and is like, "Here's how you can get revenge." We get a flashback in a flashback here yep. as we get all of Domino's backstory in like one or two pages. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna try to like not read this whole page, but let's yep. just break it down all as right. quickly as we can. We have Ulrich, the yes. Imperial general character, who is a now a distinct character from the one we saw in the first movie. That was the time of this writing was considered to be the same character. We've talked about this thanks to the fine folks over at that um, role-playing. West End Games, yes. Or actually, no, that was Fantasy Flight at that point. Anyway. Yeah. But But still, a a role-playing game that came out decades later established that this is a separate character. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he came saying, oops, Orman Tag, Baron Tag, and Silas are dead. That makes uh, Ulrich, the yeah. general, the new Baron of the House of Tag. Yeah. He, uh, Ulrich, said that Luke Skywalker was behind their deaths. Yep. And at the time, this is where the timeline gets a little muddy. We're not sure if Ulrich believes that or not. Because yeah. eventually what would happen is Darth Vader would reveal to Ulrich, hey, you love being Baron Tag. That's all good. What would happen if your brothers were still alive? Yeah. Wouldn't that be terrible? Uh, then you wouldn't be Baylor no more, huh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so, yes, then uh, Vader came to her. Yep, still on Monastery. He, and says, look, I can get it so you can get your revenge. But yeah. I need to get Skywalker out of this. Skywalker is mine. But you'll have the pleasure of knowing you delivered him to me. Like, that's the thing where it's like, oh, I'm going to kill him, but you'll turn him over. So it's sort of like vengeance by me, you know. I'm sort of your agent of vengeance, if you will. Vader never outright says that he's going to kill Skywalker, which I find interesting. He delivered me dealing a great blow to his cause. Yeah. Yeah. Nowhere in this issue does Vader ever says he's going to kill Skywalker. Well, no, because that would directly contradict things that are going to happen in the next. Correct. Yeah. No, (laughs) there is some backpedaling that is happening here. It's subtle, but it's definitely like, okay, Vader needs to reel it back a little bit because (laughs) (laughs) of stuff that's going to happen in Empire. Up to this point, it's been pretty clear he was going to kill him, right? Yeah. I think so. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, we could like talk about some stuff. We've, we may have an issue or two to beat out over our conference That's one table. of my biggest issues with this whole storyline is just Vader, he wouldn't take this kind of time. Vader's a guy who's going to cut through. I mean, certainly he can have machinations, but all of this seems way too complicated that he's going to sit there and pretend to be involved in negotiations and stuff like that. What a way. Well, look, 
We'll get to Darth Vader Master Illusionist next to issue. Oh, gee, um, Christ, that upset me. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, but okay, so it, it's established here that Vader became a regular visitor of Domina and started like yeah. teaching her things, like how to be a bastard, basically. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that was far too uh, good. You need to be more evil about how you say it. Basically, yeah, uh, because then we get a flashback and a flashback that implies that the reason Domina is so gung ho about getting revenge is because the original Baron Tag, her older brother, was like the only person in the family that stood up for her own this rights and freedoms. Is so goddamn weird. This, like the 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 way they present her. We'll get because yeah. Uh, basically, you have Baron Tag punching. Is this is this Silas, the guy with the weird hair, right? Yeah, with Ulrich, the general, kind of hiding in the foreground. Yeah, uh, and he is saying, "How dare you suggest uh, that uh, our sister should marry into the Imperial elite or whatever?" Right? She's an innocent, a lovely lovely innocent and later he used the word unsullied and that really makes me uncomfortable yeah i mean he says domina's the one pure innocent thing in the tag family i won't see her corrupted in any way ever Mm -hmm. so this implies that like orman tag the baron guy with cybervision yeah is like so determined to keep at least one piece of the tag family uncorrupted by their machinations with the empire that he would assault his own family and basically force domina into becoming a nun just to keep that purity that he believes exists when we turn the page is one of the weirdest parts of this whole thing to me this is what i was talking about sister domina sighs that innocence is long gone now. Sacrifice of the need for vengeance. Perhaps if Orman had been less protective, she wouldn't have felt his loss so strongly. But feel it, she does. This is toxic, horrible behavior, right? Yeah, the guy, yeah right? That we're talking about. He's basically forcing her to be a nun so she stays unsullied. And she's just like, oh, man. But that's... They're trying to do this... They're kind of trying to paint this tragedy, right? Where it's like, because he protected Anderson, she loved him more than the others. So that's now driven her to vengeance. But this is just a mess of all kinds of horribly toxic uh, behavior. Yeah, and at the back end of this, Darth Vader is aware of all this and is manipulating it to his own ends. Well, and we'll talk about like getting into he's purposely doing it as revenge and corrupting her as part of his vengeance, which is really weird. Really, the uh, whole thing is no. Th- this this speaks to a level of like determined burn everything to the ground with Vader. Yeah. That, like, okay, Vader will kill you and your entire family and make sure your world explodes. But I don't think he has the kind of like Machiavellian. Like, no, you will watch as your sister is corrupted into the thing you hate. That's the thing that I. That's the thing I don't like about the way they're writing Vader. Is I think of Vader as just this unstoppable force right it's like he has that goal and he's just gonna cut through and burn anything in his path he's not doing it out of a like yes oh i love it so well and here's again the problem right like that's sort of the thing is like once vader overtakes anakin he is a machine literally and figuratively 
And again, the writers of this book don't have that context. This is true. This is true. But even still, based on that first movie, he's so cold. And now he's more mustache twirling. He becomes much more mustache twirly here, whereas in the first movie, he could, like, even without any further context, he could be seen in that movie as the heavy, right? Right. Tarkin being the primary mustache twirling uh, villainous antagonist. Tarkin Tarkin is the one who takes joy in destroying Alderaan. Tarkin's the, like, sicko, right? Who's just like, Mm -hmm. watch as your world crumbles. If Tarkin was doing any of this, it would make complete sense. But Vader just stands there. When Alderaan right. was destroyed or whatever, right? Like, Yeah. Tarkin's the one who says, Yo, princess, you're far too trusting. Yeah. Uh, the one uh, Brennan and I always quote is, Princess Leia, charming to the last. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, yeah, he's just, a, he's a dick. And Vader mm-hmm. doesn't have to be a dick because he just walks in and he's Darth fucking Vader and everybody's scared. You know what I mean? Like, that's sort of the thing that gets me is like, Vader is a guy who never has to front because he is Vader. Well, and we're working in a context right now where we don't have the character of the Emperor as a character yet. Because the Emperor is the guy who pulls strings from the shadows. Vader is the face of it. Vader is the heavy as you bring. Vader's the enforcer. Yeah. The Emperor's the guy and who's sitting here going, yes. <laughs> We really won't get that context until Return of the Jedi, right? Like, no. even in Empire Strikes Back, we get a little bit of the Emperor, and even then, back then, they'd be getting frog-faced Emperor. Yeah, like. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which is, uh, that's, that's one of the few things where it's like, no, yeah, that's a fair change. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, anyway, yeah. So we get a but, lot of this, a lot, lot more, so much machinations. Because, yeah, then it turns out that while Luke was waiting outside, they had a vote and everyone under the manipulation of Darth Vader, it seems, that we'll get on the next page, uh, has voted to make Domina the all-high priestess of the Order of the Sacred Circle. Which would be a bit, I mean, I understand those words sound very important, but if I had any understanding of this planet or what their beliefs are, this would have more impact, I think. But instead, it's just like... And then I just love Vader with his arms crossed. Like, I'm not even going to look at Luke Skywalker. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just going to sit here and be real cool. Um, and yeah, so she's, and my first duty is to see that you and the Rebel Alliance are eliminated as threats to the natural cycle of galactic life. Well, this went bad quick, Luke. Yeah. And look, we got a great shot of Luke's butt on this page, but it, it's not going to save his ass. <laughs> And what an ass. Infantino loves drawing buns. You know what In- I noticed? Hmm? The black, the yellow stripe that goes down his pants is super inconsistent. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Sometimes like, it's on this page, but like uh, two pages ago, it's not, not there. there. Yeah, but it was there when he was fighting the, the panther thing earlier. Yeah, and like, it's really unclear if those... Is it, I'm I'm almost certain it's a onesie because like two pages earlier it Got looks it. like just like a a onesie that he's thrown a belt over yeah and, and then it doesn't look any different on this page when he's coming in to confront Domina and Vader yeah well, I don't know it, it makes no sense anyway Luke is pissed what you encourage me to come here you seem to like me oh biggest crime of all yeah how <laughs> dare you. Put on airs like some kind of intergalactic hussy. <laughs> I was just about to say hussy, so that's perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, he, she led him on, man. 
Yeah, Luke's. But I thought you liked me. Luke's so whiny here. Oh God, the worst. Uh, and uh, then uh, Domina gets a chance to villain splain at Luke. And then she's just like, yeah, see, that's because you're saying it, you're actually proving my point, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. man, turn that around. The, the incident in the meditation grove this morning, and I and the other Order members have seen enough. You're a menace, Luke Skywalker. I need pictures of you on the front page of the Bugle tomorrow morning. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, the Skywalker kid's a menace. <laughs> Someone setting galactic peace. Yeah. <laughs> Here, I'm gonna fund the spider slayer. Um <laughs> let's JJ uh, and Jameson got up some legit, like violent criminal shit in the early. It's pretty pretty Yeah, look. He he is solely responsible for Mac Garden getting sealed into the Scorpion suit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Christ. Um yeah. Uh and then oh god. Vader suddenly a real housewife from a reality show with this point, like, don't you come at me, bro. Uh, real housewives of Coruscant is a show I would watch. Oh, <laughs> you've learned the way of diplomats swiftly, no- uh, swiftly novice meet accusation with accusation. Uh, Vader practicing the art of the deal here. Mm. Um, <laughs> Um, but he then then begins something that I think continues into the next issue as well, which is um, Vader calling Luke puppy, which I can't abide for. A yeah, thing. yeah. I was enraged. My blood was boiling reading this. <laughs> I, what is more natural in the great circle of life than death? Badass. Yours or mine, puppy. <laughs> <laughs> the, what is more natural in the great circle of life than death? Great Vader line. That's 100% yeah. from Vader talks. Yours or mine, puppy? Because I'm the alpha <laughs> dog. Woof, woof. <laughs> Big dog Vader. Woof, woof. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your daddy now? Oh, maybe you're, that's going to be a thing in the movie. I did, has it, have, did we see it yet? What is the pejorative Vader would use as like a youngin insult? I do think uh, uh, earlier I like when he says you've learned the way of diplomat swiftly novice. Novice is novice fine. Is good child. Would, uh, would pup work? Pup would be better. Young pup. Yeah, that would be better. Puppy, <laughs> you puppy. <laughs> You adorable little chew monster. Yeah. Why, you little scraggly ragamuffin. I, I could just eat you right up. Um, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> I'm going to tossle your hair, little one. Um, <laughs> come over here for noogies. Yeah, uh, he, he, he keeps calling Luke puppy going forward, and it's, it's off-putting. Let nature and the clash of our lightsaber decide. So on the next page, Luke's like, oh, yeah, it's on now. Busts out his lightsaber. Yeah. And Domina says, hold up. Hold up. Let's not murder each other in the sacred throne room or whatever, you know, wherever this temple of peace. Yeah, we will find a, I think a duel is a great idea, but let's not do it here. Yeah. How about you go out into the Crystal Valley at sundown, yeah. properly dramatic, and y'all can kill each other there. <laughs> it's going to be super epic out there, you two. Um, yeah. But I do like what she's just like, I let you keep those lightsabers as long as you promise not to use them. <laughs> yeah, she said you were allowed to keep those. Uh, you were allowed to keep those sabers because in the age of blasters, they seem mere, merely ceremonial weapons. 
Which is kind of dumb, though, and I had a problem with that before, where it's just like, no, they're super deadly, even if they're old. Yeah, look, a katana can still cut you in half, right. even if somebody has a gun. Like, that's, you gotta get close enough to use it, sure, but... That's like, this is a gun-free zone, but that broadsword, that's fine. <laughs> that's cool. This guy's bringing in a claymore, and that's allowed, but uh, get that 9mm out of here. <laughs> yeah, I just think that's... Anyway... Um, and that is, uh, this is not, this not, this is, this not precisely as Vader planned. That seems like that's missing. This am not precisely as Vader planned. Yeah, that's a weird sentence. Yeah, yeah, this not precisely as Vader planned. Still, a good plan allows for variation. There is only so much he can absolutely control. And then things on his Star Destroyer go out of control. Because Baron Tag seems to have completely recovered. Question mark? <laughs> and then I do like that Wormus is just like, well, Vader never said what to do if that happened. He left <laughs> God, he's nothing. such a toady. He's flipping. I'm flipping through his plans. He has nothing in here for contingencies. I have no post-it note that says, in case Baron Tag wakes up. And then something is exploding from the deck below. And what in the Emperor's name? Okay. If there's one thing we know about Leia Organa is that if left to her own devices in enemy territory, things will very quickly start to explode. Yep. And here it is right <laughs> away. Look at this smoking crater now. <laughs> Captain Warmus, we've had explosions in the supply holds E and F. They held high incendiary stock. Fire is spreading. <laughs> and then you do see, uh, I think these are, are these um, stormtrooper uh, like fire department? I guess, with, like, weird contraptions strapped to their back. Yeah, I mean, they, they must have some sort of fire control team, right? Like, I would assume. Oh, God, we never planned for this day. <laughs> the thing is about spaceships and fires is, like, A, it, I think they've got the best fire containment system ever in terms of the vacuum of space. You just, like, good. vent certain sections of the ship of oxygen that would contain any fire. Your, everything would be, like, metal and... Yeah, but also, if you don't contain it immediately, a fire in a spaceship would just ignite literally everything because you're in a pressurized environment. Yeah, this is also true. <laughs> you don't actually see a lot of fire in Star Wars like this. Um, You do and you don't. And, like, there are certain times where you'll see, like, the way Star Wars can get unrealistic in space combat is literally right from the get-go in terms of, like, how ships accelerate through space and, like, how ships can explode in space. Right. And you'll occasionally see Star Destroyers that, like, get hit by something and then their bridge catches fire and you'll see them, like, basically sinking on a galactic plane and that doesn't make any sense, but whatever. But it looks cool as hell. But it looks cool as hell. Yeah. Um, agreed. Uh, nothing cooler than those two Star Destroyers being rammed into each other in Rogue One. That's still, like, my favorite thing ever. Uh, I would say it is only topped by the Super Star Destroyer plunging into the second Death Star in Jedi. But that yeah. I also was always obsessed with as a kid, too, watching that thing just... Right into it. Mm -hmm. Pretty badass. Um... All right. Yeah, yeah. We, it's Leia. Uh, she is sneaking about the ship, and it turns out she killed some guards, took their grenades, and <laughs> sent them to explode in some cargo hold. Somehow she's shooting a guy. Who, how is the second stormtrooper closest to us? Who is he being shot by? Uh, the ricochet. <laughs> okay, but I, 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 I just noticed that I was about to talk about how 
uh, Leia gets the stormtrooper and the droid with one shot. Yeah, she kills all three of these people with uh, just one shot, apparently. Amazing. Incredible. She's a character from the movie Wanted. She's curving the blaster (laughs) bullets. Curve it like McAvoy in Wanted. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> also, why would she indiscriminately kill this droid? That just seems so I, needless. So crazy to me that that, yeah, exactly. You're like, what? Uh, okay. Oh, well. If, there, if there's two things we know about Leia, it's that explosions will quickly follow and she is indiscriminate in her wanton violence. Oh, God. If you work for the Empire in any capacity, she's going to put you in the ground, man. <laughs> uh, if anything, you want to capture Han and Chewie because at least then they might just like womp you on the head on their way out the door. Leia, you're a dead man. <laughs> uh, so the concussion from those, when we turn the page, concussion from those blasts shatter the life support capsule. Silas Tag is still unconscious. But, but where's the Baron? And the Baron has apparently smashed his way out of his containment facility like the Hulk. <laughs> not only is the glass broken, but the bent metal of the thing. Well, and I gotta assume the dead med tech there has had his neck snapped. <laughs> Why didn't we get to see Baron Tag like <laughs> just crack snapping necks? <laughs> He's bending the metal back, and the guy's like, "No!" <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, we get some <laughs> weird bits here where the the stormtroopers like, "Sir, the House of Tag agents could be aboard, deliberately sabotaging us." And Wormus is like, "Yeah, I was, I was, I was just about to say that. Sure, yep, uh huh." <laughs> How do you read my mind, Trooper? That's amazing. <laughs> anyway, get back to the gym so you can bulk up some more. Um, no. <laughs> like that one guy from earlier. Uh, but uh, yeah, so now everybody's running around and the No, well, actually, the gravity turns off, right? Yeah, the gravity turns off again. Leia just causing chaos in the background here. I do like just how destructive Princess Leia of the comics is. <laughs> Because um, like she's pretty badass in the movies, but she is a. Dist- I mean, it feels like she would single handedly bring down the empire, according to these comics. Uh, hey, I'm here for it. Oh, it's, no, it's Leia cool. on a pure mission of chaos and destruction. I love it. Let's not forget they're rightly calling her a terrorist. Good lord! Um, yeah, and here she so is. She tur- turned the gravity she- off, and she's got herself a jetpack. Uh, a couple of jetpacks. Yeah, she's got one for herself and uh, two for Han and Chewie as yeah. she's breaking into the detention area. Yeah. And uh, she she busts in, apparently blows through this door like the Kool-Aid man. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I love Leia's line here uh, where Han's like, gee, your majesticness, you thought of everything. Yeah. And Leia comes back with, certainly. I had that escape you and Luke improvised from the Death Star to remind me what I uh, what it would be like if I didn't. <laughs> and he's like, go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Han was like, I have fond memories of that escape. Of course, yeah. I got paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for saving us. Uh, so, yeah. they uh, And then this is, sorry, this is my favorite part of the comic. Is they're like, we're going to be in trouble. And then it's like, they did see some trouble, but they got past it. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, the caption is just like, there is trouble. But none of it is insurmountable. <laughs> <laughs> then, a, then a bunch of stuff happened. Uh <laughs> 
<laughs> Amazing. Amazing. And they got out. It's fine. Yeah, it's all right. But uh, don't worry. Everything's okay. Some interesting stuff happened. But then, holy God, well, whatever happened destroyed the faces of both Han and Leia based on this panel we see afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> they got an extra few inches on their, like, noses, spreading their eyes out toward the sides of their faces. God. I want to see that when I close my eyes later tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what's this? They're not alone on the ship. You'd win, Leia Organa. But part of Wormus's confusion came because he was searching for me instead of you. That's right. And before doubling back to hide in your vessel, I left broad clues that I was trying for one of the cruiser's hundreds of escape pods. What's this? It's Baron Tag! He's just gonna keep fucking talking. <laughs> He can't not monologue. Because everything you said, then he just keeps going. Don't stare, princess. Surely you remember Baron Tag, who, um, once again, did some chest exercises because he's rocking a con chest here. Look at that. Look at yeah, that. there's... Mm-hmm. I, I, I am just guessing that he's about to sell me some rich Corinthian leather. Corinthian leather. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Ricardo Montalban. Um, Ricardo that, Montalban as Baron Tag is kind of would amazing. Actually. Love it. Don't stare, princess. <laughs> <laughs> now, however, we are traveling companions straight down to Monastery. I have overheard enough that the destroyed is speaking with his contact there to know I am needed. God damn, now I'm upset that didn't happen. If he had been both a Star Trek and Star Wars villain. Man, uh, and so there. So he's forcing the 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 ship is. Uh, I like Hans just going. Trust me, I know this cockpit's no place for a firefight, and I've had a few. Hey, you don't shoot when you can hit the glass and decompress it. Real bad, yeah, you know, Leia. I, I know you're a trigger happy maniac, but uh, look at it. <laughs> I love you, but you uh, you enjoy homicide way too much. Um, uh, yeah, the, but I mean, Leia's concerned that like, okay, but if we fly the ship down there, maybe we're going to ruin whatever uh, negotiations Luke is getting up to. Not realizing that Luke has already totally screwed the pooch on this one. Yep. Sundown. <laughs> a procession sets out from the Temple of Sacred Circle, moving toward what will be a killing ground. Darth Vader has taught her well. Domina Tag thinks too well, perhaps, for in letting her decide the site for the duel, he has given her the opportunity to see that not one, but two of her family's enemies will perish. My god, this has become so complicated. Machinations on top of machinations, man. And in the next issue, we shall have Mortal Kombat! <laughs> Mortal Kombat! Yeah, man. Ugh! Darth Vader just being like, get over here. Get over here. And he starts ripping spines. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ah, oh, boy. Well, a lot's going on and a little's going on at the same time. Yeah, we are fast approaching the Empire striking back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we keep, we've been saying that for a while, but we're <laughs> legitimately like, we've got two issues left to cover. And, and we can see it on the horizon. We are going to wrap up this arc on Monastery, and then we've got one fill-in issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before we get to our Empire Strikes Back coverage proper, we will be dipping back into A New Hope briefly, though a slightly twisted version of it with the Star Wars Infinities comics. Indeed. Um, Uh, And of course, uh, if you want to uh, check out more content from us and all the shows at the 
uh, Punch Up Entertainment Network, you can head over to our patron page, which is patron.podbean.com slash punchup. Patron.podbean.com slash punchup is that URL one more time. Uh, head over there and get cool exclusive bonus content as well as help support all the shows on the network. Yeah, including shows like Material Components and the IP. No, uh, that's where we've announced it. It's probably going. There. Okay. Okay. I was like, I was like, uh, oh, I almost said something that maybe I shouldn't have. But no, due I, to podcast time travel, no, it's been up for a while now. IP Squad is out, so you can listen to that. And we are doing. We are. We already. I don't know if we've announced. Anyway, there's going to be a patron show accompanying that as well. So. Don't worry. The, the, I, I have I have heard some things about a certain movie directed exclusively by the drug cocaine will be covered uh, that's on the right, exclusive that's Patreon right, page. That's right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you, you don't want to miss that. That's for sure. Uh, but, uh, of course, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe below. Uh, ring yes, it really does help. It really does. Uh, so, um, but uh, is that going to do it, Gurgoni? I think that's going to do it for this uh, issue number 36 of Star Wars. Join us next time for the aforementioned Mortal Kombat. But until then, I have been Mike Ergoni. Uh, and I'm uh, Sub-Zero. No, I'm John. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, may the panel be with you. 